Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane and Shane back with you again. We got our numbers, man. We got Nelly coming back with us because we're talking rookies. Um, and somehow you have to have numbers because people have to be like included or whatever. <laughs> right, For whatever, whatever. Thanks for the welcome, Kane. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, sorry for uh, kind of missing the last couple podcasts. I had kind of a health thing come up two weeks ago. And then last week, um, as you know, any listener of this podcast probably knows, my wife had heart surgery in August. Um, we went for kind of really important cardiac checkups this past week and uh, probably got the best news we possibly could. Um, she's off all medic- medicines. So this is like... Post heart surgery, like that's a real big thing. Um, so she's weaning off of one, and then like the blood thinners stopped, which is super great because blood thinners aren't super fun because you also have to go to the hospital to get your blood drawn every week. If you've never had them before, it's it's something. Um, but uh, that that's what we were doing. So really happy with that. Thanks to Shane and Nelly for kind of holding things down the past few weeks as I kind of. Um, gallivanted did i gallivant i don't know but that's a really fun word <laughs> it's not, yeah i'm not sure you know i feel like you always gallivant a little bit Kane. yeah i feel like if if you looked up gallivant in the dictionary i'm not like on that page but i'm close you're close yeah like granted i i i should know i was an english teacher so i should probably know a little bit more about the dictionary but like what happens happens um but we wanted to talk rookies, and I wanted to talk rookies with one of my really good friends, Zach Reed. Um, so we brought him on to kind of talk rookies, and we're so excited. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I, I'm doing great. It's been since August that I, I've seen your face, and it, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Time. Yeah, it's really nice to be here. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You know, let's just dive in at, uh, at a really big question. So, Zach, first question's for you. In three years, how many quarterback ones do we have in this class? Woof. I I could I could see two. I think smart money is on one. I think smart money is Malik Willis and his uh his legs and the the big arm if he happens to be serviceable at quarterback. I think that's where the the real smart money is. Uh at least at least in my opinion. I mean, I, this I feel bad. I, like I've been kind of the downer on this class, and I know a lot of people have liked the depth and a lot of people, but I keep I keep watching and I'm like, kinda. I can see it if I squint real hard, but oh, yeah. I I'm with you. 
I, I, I think Malik Willis is the one. I think it, if you told me one other quarterback became a QB one in three years, I'd be like, all right. He yeah. probably had a really great landing spot. Right. He and probably that, had a really great offensive coach that helped him out. He probably didn't hit it year one. He might not have played year one. He might have like had a struggling season year two, but year three crushed it. And and to me, the other guy that I could see potentially, and this maybe this is a little bit of a hot take, but uh, I, I discussed him. We did a, a rookie mock uh, this past week on the Dynasty Dummies, and we had Chris Moxley on from Campus to Canton, and, and I sniped him with this pick, and it was Sam Howell. And I know people are down on Howell because of, of his last season, and, and his footwork, and, you know, he's got some things to clean up, but you also saw him for two years when he had legitimate NFL caliber wide receivers and, and two running backs who obviously are, are you know, in the, in the NFL. I mean, the, the dynasty RB4 now, Javante Williams, but you saw him put up numbers with his arm, and then you saw him – kind of carry that team with his legs last year and so between those two things I think you could see him round into an NFL caliber quarterback a potential top 12 quarterback just because of that rushing upside paired with ostensibly his ability to to throw and and have a high completion percentage and so if I were going to put money on that other guy it would be Sam Howell now, of course, the NFL may tell me I'm an idiot here in four weeks, and that's entirely possible. I, I fully, uh, fully cop to being a dummy. So, so right. The, I think the biggest thing, right, is we know that if a top, if a quarterback goes in the top ten to fifteen, like they have a good chance of at least playing, right, and starting and being relatively successful at, in terms of like starting enough games to matter for fantasy football overall. So, Shane, if I told you that the line for quarterbacks in the top 15 picks of the NFL draft was at 1.5, would you go over or under? I would go under in, in a heartbeat uh, on that. Like, okay. I, th- I think maybe we get one. Maybe Kenny Pickett goes. Um, I think he's probably going to be the first quarterback off the board at this point. And but he's got weird might- hands. He's got weird <laughs> hands. The Carolina Panthers really took out the roller there and we're looking at him at his pro day. Um, but I, I just, I don't think his quarterback class is that good. I think we can tell by how every other team is addressing quarterback in some way. I'd rather trade for Matt Ryan than trade up for a quarterback. I'd rather trade for Carson once than take Malik Willis at 11, right? I mean, that, that's what these teams are saying to us. They are telling us we do not like this class that much. And uh, so my, my most recent mock, I had the first quarterback going at 18. Uh, well, then let's ask the tough question. What are you giving up for Matt Ryan? <laughs> uh, for for me, like if I'm yeah. a contending team. Um, super, super flex. Super flex. I would give, give up. up if I, I probably would not give up a first. And I, I'm, it's fair to ask for that, I think, at this point to try. Uh, but I would give up a second for Matt Ryan if I was contending. I think it's a decent situation, and I think you have a player who is going to gain value through this season, to be honest give, with you. Give me a pick in the 2022 draft. I would give up, giving up for Matt Ryan. I would give up the 
five, or I'd give that up. Okay. And what does our ADP say that is, Nelly? Who 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 is in that magic spot that I just? You put me on the spot here. Let me pull it <laughs> up. It is in the it's uh, in the analytics tab of our Discord. Two hundred five. So. Uh, oh boy, uh, it's Oof. the two running back disappointments in Tyler Algier and Kyron Williams. So I think they'll drop. But True. oh, and Rashad White's right below them. So let's say Rashad yeah, White. Let's say Rashad White. I think it's fair. I I think I'd rather Rashad White, but also I was I'm also on record saying he's a first round. <laughs> pick and rookie draft so yeah you know i think he'll be higher you know when the time comes but yeah okay so So here's here's the next we'll start with you nelly because i know your favorite position of all positions are running backs obviously so the exact same position for running backs in three years how many rb1s do we have from this class you can take it from value or point scoring whichever you choose um yeah i think I think the the smart answer in this scenario, and it's kind of similar to what Zach was saying with the quarterbacks, um, is in my opinion, it's two. I mean, I think Brees is likely. And then you have guys who are less and less likely and the percentages get lower and lower. But when it's all said and done in three years, there's a chance we have someone like someone who breaks out from from that's very unlikely to break out. So so I think when it's said and done, we'll have at least two, one of them likely being Brees. And then, I don't know, maybe we get Kenneth Walker. Maybe we get Spiller. Maybe it's a lower tier guy. Sure. But at least one of them, at least even value wise, right, become, could become a top 12 running back just for age reasons. Right. Yeah. I and, get that. And I, I like that. I think. With Dynasty, there's this weird thing, though, with the the collective consciousness that it's hard for people to bring, especially running backs, up value-wise into the top 12 if we weren't on them. So, like, like Brees Hall, I think, will will be a top 12. Run- I mean, he, he may already be a top 12 running back. I mean, we, we may be at this point where he's valued in the top 12 right now. So, you got one. He's my RB4. Yeah, and that's like I, I was on the other night with with Peter Howard does a, a live show and and he was he was kind of hemming and hawing over Brees Hall and I was like well well let's go down through you know players and and we got him up to RB eight without batting an eye and it's 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 so I think there's one and then but then that other guy in terms of value is going to be really tricky to get up into the top 12 because we're so stuck in i mean it was even somebody like david montgomery who finished i mean he was what he was a top 12 one year he was like top 16 another but but if you look at where people rank him i mean he's he was you know rb20 rb22 pretty consistently because people didn't love him coming out and it's hard to move a guy up into that top tier so i think your best shot is you're going to have somebody produce as a top 12 rather than be bumped up in value just just because we do this dumb thing where if we miss on a guy it's really hard for us to admit that we miss and i like i'm guilty of that just as much as as anybody uh and and the other way too where if it's like people still holding out hope for Nikhil harry you know 
two or three years because he was the the wide receiver one or you know everybody had Josh Jacobs up as you know the running back in that class and and he's been good but it, it he wasn't as good as everybody thought and so he just plummeted in terms of value and so we have this weird uh, that and that's my favorite part about fantasy football to me is the psychology like there's so much going on with people's minds and and the way the the collective thinks that you can you can exploit you can see coming uh and and, and so I like I'm I'm spot on with 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 Nelly that that we're it's it's Brees Hall and then you're hoping, right? I, and and realize we're we're trying to say in three years, right? Yeah. So in three years that means CMC is not going to be top twelve. Mixon, Eckler, Dalvin Cook, but right, all these guys are going to be out. And then and then we have the 2023 class. Yeah, you're right. Which realistically, if if I told you Zach that five guys from the 23 class were top 12 running backs in three years would you be surprised i would believe you because i haven't looked at the 23 class yet you are my resource right now on the 23 class so i would just be like yes yes kane told me five guys and that was that was what chris moxley said he said you know he would trade the 101 this year for a 23 first i said Really? He said, yeah. He said, I got six guys right now that, that I think are better than anything you're going to get in this class. And, and so if that's the case, I mean, you got a 50-50 shot at, at having a better player. So, yeah, I'd buy that. I'd buy that there are five five backs that that could end up in the in the top 12 next year. Like, and, and that's the danger of this class. And even if we don't – even if there are players that are good in this class, we've been looking for – Two years at the twenty three class already. Yeah. I I, I also say I, th- I think two is a good bet. I mean, if we look at what classes haven't had two top twelve yeah. running backs three years later, uh, I mean Zach mentioned that twenty nineteen class, but like you know David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs have flirted there within those three years. The one before that is twenty fourteen. I mean, yeah. that's how far back we have to go. The the Bishop Sankey, Jeremy Hill, um, you know, Devonta Freeman was uh, here. You know, I mean, that's how far back we have to go because there's going to be at least two backs that make it into that, have enough production and look the part that, you know, they'll at least flirt with, I think, being RB1s. Yeah. Nelly, where, where are you at? Could five guys from the 23 class be top 12 backs? In three years? Yeah, I think that's pretty feasible. I think Bijan's already a top 12 dynasty back. And then when you start going down the list, you're like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. When you look at the projected draft capital and you look at kind of the skill set they provide and the teams that they're playing for in terms of it transferring to the next level, I think five is very reasonable. Can I say no? Who's RB5? Because you don't know who RB5 is? No. Well, yeah, who, 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 who would be RB5, I guess? Don't say Sean Tucker. The, what? Oh, wow. Sean Tucker's my RB5 right now. Wait, well, who do you want? Zach Charbonnet? Answer to that's no. <laughs> five running backs is way too much. There's no way that five running backs in two years in are going to be RB1s from the 23 class. As much as we like the 23 class, it's not going to happen. Like Two years in? Two years in, someone's going to be in a bad situation. 
Someone's going to not play. Someone's going to get Trey Sermon. Some, you know, like that's going to happen to Tank Bigsby or Zach Evans. You know, it's going to happen. I, like, I love how you made like, the Ohio State Buckeye into a verb. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, he's Oklahoma first. Let's let's just let's just leave it at that. Yeah, he played last at Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> True, but like I, I think I think I think five is a lot from one. I don't think we've ever had that. I don't think we ever had five two years in all be RB1s at that point. 20, 2020 would be the closest we could get, right? But like J.K. What, Dobbins wasn't an RB1 what, two years in. He's what not about an RB1 the, right now. What about the 2017 class with with everybody that was in? Like, that's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the one that, that immediately comes to, to, to mind for me because you had what you had Dalvin and CMC and, and Fournette. Yeah. I mean, like that was just a – you had but I, I, Kamara. You had, yeah, Kamara. So there's five. Eckler. I mean, like, yeah, that that but class I, was was yeah. crazy. I guess I guess Kareem Eckler Hunt pushes yeah. it over. But Eckler wouldn't have been top twelve two years in. No, right? yeah. he was still behind right. MG three. No, but you, you had the you had four that were that were top yeah. twelve coming out, and then you had Kareem Hunt that was the rushing leader as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. So James you had, Connor I mean, was I, stepping into a role. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think I think five can be RB ones as rookies. But that doesn't mean they're going to be RB1s. I think that, that's the difference here. And I think part of the question, too, when we're looking at this class is, like, you got to project years out. Bad things are going to happen. Right. I think that's something we take for granted, right? If a guy's an RB1 now, uh, you know, like Kane was kind of saying before, 75% of the RB1s right now won't be in two years. Right. right. And then and then you add in the fact that, like, we still have to talk about the 25 class. And we know historically, right, whoever is the RB1, from that class is a top 12 running back right away. And that's, that's, there could be more than one, right? But right now, Trev, when 2025 hits, Trev, Trevion Henderson, or no, 24 hits, uh, Trevion Henderson's the running back, uh, the running back one in that class. He's going to be a top 12 running back instantly. Right? Like, I, I don't think you can tell me otherwise. No, and that's I mean that's what we do is we, like we we you know shoot the moon on on whoever we think is going to be that guy. So yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's going to be like I said I I think you're going to have to do it with production. It's going to have to be a top twelve in production. It's going to have to be Kenneth Walker ends up someplace where they're going to give him two hundred and fifty carries. You know that that sort of thing. And and it could happen. I'm like that could happen. He's he's a great. Steelers runner. need a running back. <laughs> maybe maybe in three years. If you can't yeah. see the terrible towel behind Shane, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so here's this next question, right? So we talked about quarterbacks. We talked about running backs, and I think, yeah, like the top running or the top wide receiver is obviously very important, but what almost seems to be more important as we kind of move through classes that just have crazy amounts of depth, like this one, like late second, early third round pick Zach, who is the running back? You're kind of targeting at that range. I don't know if he's going to fall that far by the time everything shakes out, but Brian Robinson is, is being kind of pushed way down. In this, like nobody's talking about Brian Robinson right now because he was yeah, at the combine, he had nothing until his last year, you know. And and 
but again, he caught 30 balls. He's he's a good between the tackles runner. He's he's got some warts, but that's a player that I'm I'm interested in. Uh, James Cook didn't go in our two round rookie mock uh, this past week. That's a that's a player who, although he's not going to come in and take over a backfield, you're not. He's not going to be a bell cow. He's going to be a pass catcher plus who who is is probably going to start out as that satellite back but in a, in the event of an injury he could come in and and be the guy for weeks at a time and I like that sort of thing so those are a couple of guys that I'm looking at maybe they're not deep enough maybe that's not where you're I mean but right now I mean they're they're at the back end of the second early third well I was asking about wide receivers but like those oh, are cool oh, names too sorry I thought you said running backs <laughs> I might have I've been drinking <laughs> Did I say running back, Nelly? You said running back. Yeah, what can I do? That's all right. That's just <laughs> extra content. Running backs. No, like how about, how about you guys? Any other running backs are kind of like that that third round pick that the the quintessential almost third round pick, right? <laughs> Late round guy, probably pretty athletic. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think what Zach said is on point. Like, I've actually actually have a ton of Brian Robinson some redrafts I've been doing because I'm like he's probably going to get day two capital and you know he's going to move up. Uh, I mean, you know my answer. Uh, I think I think Pierre Strong Jr. is the guy to draft in that early third round. Uh, I think he probably goes fourth fifth round of the NFL draft, but um, you know sh- showed out with a nine seven eight Raz and has a little more size to him at, at over 200 pounds. That's what you want. He, I think he's what we wanted Kyron Williams to be. I think it's what Pierre Strong will be. Nelly, how about you? Yeah, I like the names that, that both of you have thrown out so far. Um, it's really – this is such a cop-out, but it's going to come down to who goes on, on like, in the third round or early fourth round in the NFL draft because that leads opportunity and opportunities king with running backs. Here's a note for you. Yeah, Samir White. Samir White, no matter what. No matter what. It's what drunk (laughs) King is showing us. (laughs) Here's the deal, right? Zamir White comes in crazy athletic. Like, more athletic than we thought his torn ACLs could do. <laughs> right? Like, but but if, if you were big into college football, you knew that Zamir White was probably one of the best running backs coming out of high school, Shane, ever? Yeah. I mean, he's up there for sure. Was he the RB1 in that class? He was. Yeah. So, like, fellas got juice. He's pretty good. <laughs> like... Tears his ACL once, right? Tears the ACL a second time. Um, I think in separate legs, in separate knees. I want to say. Yeah, each each knee. But then he comes out and runs that 40, puts on a clinic, and then he's like, oh, maybe he's more athletic than we think he is. And then he's pro- he was probably the safest running back that Georgia had for the past two seasons. Like... A team's got to fall in love with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Like, I, th- I feel like day two is within his wheelhouse, as it is for a lot of these running backs, the Brian Robinsons and the James Cooks and, you know, all these guys, I think, are in there. But 
I think it's tough to look at Samir White on a Georgia team and for a team to say, nah, you know, I'm going to pass on him for that guy that didn't get any carries at Florida or for the guy at Notre Dame that is super slow, right? Like, like they're just not going to do it. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think that fits what Nelly was saying too. If he gets that draft capital and this is a deep receiver class. So I, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but I think a lot of these running backs, even if they get good draft capital could get pushed down the rookie draft board. But you, you say that slow running back at Notre Dame, but he's really good at pass blocking. <laughs> that, I have a league, you know, where you get like 20 points for a good pass. Points block. per pancake? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a PPP league? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a lot of peas. Yeah. Almost too many, one would say. <laughs> um, but you know what? I really like games. So we're going to play a quick game of this or that. Wide receiver edition. So let's just start at the top, and we'll go around the horn here. We'll start with you, Zach. We got to start with the top two wide receivers: <laughs> Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson. You know, I've been asking myself this a lot. I have Burks uh, film graded higher, and so I'll, I'll go with that until we see draft capital, but or and landing spot. So Burks for me. Shane, uh, I'll take Wilson, but it, it is it is close, Mister Nelson. I'll go Burks. I'm going Garrett Wilson. I, I, <laughs> he, I think he's just safer. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let, let's do uh, let's do battle of the fast boys. Jamison Williams or Chris Olave. Uh, I have right now them as a push. So uh, let's go Olave right now because he's not injured. We'll, we'll go Olave. Shout out to Riley Bymaster. That's his wide receiver one. Ooh. Yeah, spicy. That's that's hot. <laughs> Shane? Uh, I'll, I'll go Jamison Williams. I, I just think he's a little more complete. Nelly? Yeah, I'll go with J-Mo too. It's, it's tough because, I mean, Olave produced a ton at Ohio State when J-Mo, nothing. So it's... It's tough to overcome that, but I think his year at Alabama combined with being an early declare puts him over the top. I'm I'm gonna go Olave, but it's like they're four and five. Yeah. Like they're they're so good. But um so I'm gonna go this one's the battle of the analytics darlings. <laughs> um so that's obviously Drake London. Uh shout out to our good friend Drew the bean counter uh, who has Drake London as his wide receiver one. And, and one of Nelly's favorite players that I've been saying, if you can get him and sell him to an analytics person, that's a great choice. That's David Bell. (laughs) I actually have David Bell at four and London at five. So I'm going to, I'm going to go bell. I, you can't make me like it, but that's where I'm headed. That's fair. (laughs) Shane, how about you? I'm going Drake London. I still, think there is a chance he's the first receiver off the board in the NFL draft. I still think it's a possibility. Uh, it's it's not a 0% chance? Not a 0%. Love that. Nelly. Yeah, and mean darling you want. Yeah, it's a meanwhile it's a 0% chance that David Bell is the first wide receiver off the board. So that <laughs> that tells a little bit of something. So I I like David Bell, I do at value, but but Drake London's going to go way earlier in the NFL draft, so I'll go with him there. 
just just looking at the numbers, Nelly, if we if we just kind of don't think about draft capital right now, is David Bell a top five for you? Yes. Okay. Is he probably four or five? Probably five. Uh, I would say he's four. Okay, that's fair. Let Let's get into because uh, I, I think I I feel like we have some interesting wide receivers for kind of the rest of this. <laughs> this is where things kind of get a bit odd, and I feel like um, it's one wide receiver that doesn't really fit the rest of the wide receivers for the rest of this class. Right. Um, so feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but would either of you guys take any other receivers right now over George Pickens that we haven't talked about? Negative. He's my yes. three. Oh, nice. Oh, Shane, nice. who else yes, you got? I would. Christian Watson. Ah, I would take yeah. Christian Watson. Uh, I have him one spot above Pickens. It's okay. Watson is six. Nelly? Um, the only guy I would consider, and you guys might laugh, but it's Sky Moore. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. <laughs> okay. All right. I, ju- I just think Pickens' upside is so big. Like, he could be nothing. That's, that's what I've been saying. Like, you could... I, I keep going back to the, the the old school Bengals wide receivers, and like you can look at like you know fifty percent of Muhammad Sanu, or you know fifty percent of uh, you know who, whoever your bad Bengals receiver is, and that could be George Pickens. Like he could just be, but he could also be AJ Green. And like watching him, and, and you know he's got three distinct moves off press. He was able to get off with a jab, that little stutter hesitation and hand fight. Like he did all of these things. And then you'd see him do something stupid. And you're just like, oh, but the ceiling is so high. I, I'm 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 being pulled in by that ceiling. I'm I'm taking the swing. Nelly, did you say you have anyone over Pickens? Did you say Sky Moore? Uh they're in the same tier for me right now. Okay. Um, I, I think Pickens is still my guy, but I have, uh, just like Shane said, I have Christian Watson like right behind him. Yeah. Um, Christian Watson, you're coming in with that height, with that speed, like hello round two, like yeah. of draft capital, like that's going to happen. Well, how many times did you just see him all by himself in the second? Like he just runs by everybody and you're like, yeah. how is he that open? And then you realize that he, you know, he's a four, three guy and then is, is, fast and tall and how do you stay with him yeah but. um so here's here's the other one i really want to talk about so there's two wide receivers here and i feel like now we're getting into this could this wide receiver be a really really good wide receiver on a team or could this guy almost be a gadget player for a team and it might not mean a lot for fantasy football <laughs> right i feel like we're right in that wheelhouse right now and those two guys for me are Jahan Dotson and Wandale Robinson. Hmm. So which one would you prefer, Zach? So I've got Robinson on film. Again, this is this is just my film grades because I haven't done anything. I don't do anything until the draft with, yeah, yeah. with my actual rankings. I have Robinson uh, graded out higher on film 
The thing that I will say about Jahan Dotson is that, and, and this doesn't happen very often in the NFL, but you could see him be used as the kind of downfield. Like he, he could be really good, but there aren't a lot of players that are his size with his skill set that succeed in the NFL. Like he, he's like a, a, a small high point player sometimes to me and it's like just it just doesn't the the juxtaposition of that in my brain doesn't doesn't work so it's it's Wandell but I'm also worried that I mean if if the NFL can't figure out how to use Rondell Moore how like can they figure out how to use you know Wandell Robinson like he's a similar type maybe maybe not as many carries but was a running back and he's a similar type player but can the A dot get lower? No, no, it can't. I mean, he's, <laughs> you'd have to be behind the line of scrimmage all the time. <laughs> never say never in a Cliff Kingsbury offense. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's going to show us this year what a low A dot looks like. <laughs> Shane, pick one. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't think either are going to be good for fantasy. Like, I think they both might be good NFL players. What worries me is like neither had good explosive scores in the vert and the broad jump like you know if either of these guys were like super athletic uh they're fast if they were super athletic i'd feel a lot better but neither one is um so i i, I have just john dotson uh, a couple spots higher i just think he's going to get higher draft capital that's probably what i'm going to go with but i'll probably won't have much of either one even though i think they're good players sounds like Kadarius tony nelly uh <laughs> which which one would you want between the two yeah, I still really like uh I still like Wandale a lot. Um I people have kind of cooled off him because he's much shorter than he was listed, which was kind of expected, but now we know it for sure. And his closest comparable is someone who we were burned with last year in Rondale. But their their A dot stats, as you mentioned, um Rondales were, were very low in college. Wandales are like some of the highest in the class. So their usage is different in college. So so I'm I have hope that he can be more than a gadget guy. That's fair. I think I'm taking Wandale right now. Um, I think if, if you told me that Jahan Dotson became a wide receiver too for an offense and Wandale Robinson didn't, I'd be like, all right. Like I, that's very within the realm of possibilities, right? Like it wouldn't surprise me really at all. And they're very close in our ADP. Wandale Robinson at 17.2, Jahan Dotson at 19.1. Like two picks apart, that's pretty darn close for, for wide receivers. But Zach, here's the question. Out of all the guys we haven't talked about, um, let's say that we already talked about Christian Watson as well. Um, which other wide receiver do you just really, really like? Do, do I have to pick one? Can I pick two? Yes. Can I pick two? All right. Yeah. So we haven't talked about Justin Ross. And and I feel like that's the 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 elephant in the room. Uh, obviously, he had the 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 neck surgery, the the fused vertebrae, and but he does some things as a longer receiver, as that six four guy covers ground really well. Has got NFL feet already on the boundary, so that's something you're looking at for the taller receivers because a lot of the throws end up being that that. Mike Williams back shoulder, you know, on the sideline, get your feet down. So he's a player that I like. And then this is, I've been banging this drum. I keep 
posting on Twitter, not enough people are talking about Eric Ezekanma yes! out of Texas Tech. And like his stats, eh. But you watch him play, and I'm like, he can go downfield and and kind of post up and 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 high point, but don't peg him as just that strictly downfield X because he can play closer to the line of scrimmage. And every now and then he'll do this like little AJ Brown, I'm gonna catch the ball and be a bully and and you know add 10 or 12 yards after the catch. And I'm like, what how is nobody talking about Eric Ezukanma? And then I'm like, well, because he only had 700 yards a season. You know, he's his stats aren't great, but man, I, I like him. And I think you're gonna get him later in drafts, which is great. Yeah, he is my guy. Oh, see, I'm glad. I'm so glad. I love him. Yes. Good. I'll you, tag you. you Every time you, I say 100%. not enough people are talking about Eric Ezekama, I'll tag you. He's He's been my third round pick from like here until rookie drafts happen. Yes. Because I think realistically, Shane, you're, you're, you're our draft guy. What are the chances Eric Ezekama gets day two capital just at all? I think it is slim because he doesn't play special teams. But what if you increased it because I liked him? Um, then maybe he could go in round four. That's not on day two, but I'll take it. <laughs> you, you almost made me question, do I know which day is the NFL? I'm like, uh-oh. Um, but no, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, Shane, if you... I'll, I'll give you this. Do you want to uh, talk about why you disagree about Justin Ross, or do you want to bring up another wide receiver? Um, I'll, I'll bring up another one, because I, okay. I, I think Justin Ross, I think Zach's fair on the upside. Like, I don't deny that. And if he gets day two capital, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back. And the pro day was bad. It was bad. But, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Um he's probably going to end up on the Steelers in round three and I'll just be like, all right, here we go. You know, um, I, I, I gotta bring up, uh, I gotta bring up Alec Pierce. I, I think yeah. Alec Pierce has, um, you know, just super athletic, right? Six, three, two, 11, the four, four, one, the nine, eight Raz. Um, you know, he's not, he's not quick and agile. He drops a lot of passes like super raw, but if I'm looking at a late round rookie, pick a receiver like just give me the guy with super athletic upside and if he busts it's not a big deal and if he hits he could be like really really good so that, that's almost where i start leaning when we get past the top you know 10 12 receivers i'll just kind of swing for that fence nelly how about you well can i defend sky more a little bit more <laughs> you have 30 seconds Incredible production, and from the moment he stepped foot on campus, and keep in mind he played cornerback and quarterback in in high school, so he's new to the receiver position. Incredible produ production every year, um, and then he declares early, which is unheard of from G5 guys. So either he heard something or he trusts himself, um, but he tested really well at the combine too, so it seems like he's going to get pretty solid draft capital. Look, I got right, done yes. early. You had three seconds left. Nice. <laughs> um, so if, if I had to choose one wide receiver that I think is just a little bit better than, than probably what we talked about, and Shane, Shane touched on it, right, that uh, special teams matters. 
especially when it comes to draft capital. And I'm not sure there's a better receiver when it comes to special teams than Calvin Austin the third. Like he he's very good at special teams. Like he's a very good returner. Now now the question is, right? Where is he going to play in an offense? And I think that that's where things kind of kind of come to a head a little bit, right? That he's probably going to be more of a gadget guy than anything if if he plays that. But if you, you're drafting, if you're drafting Calvin Austin, right, and let's say he gets round four draft capital, you're drafting him to do a little bit more than just return the ball. In in my eyes, right? If you if he goes like round five, round six, it's like cool. He's just a return guy, and and I that's totally fine. He's very good at it. Like he's very very good, super explosive. Um, but if if he gets round four capital, I'm probably gonna end up drafting a round four. In, in rookie drafts and and probably feel okay about it at least for the first year <laughs> then things might kind of fall off a little bit um i guess there's another position that we never talk about so i guess it's like zach just pick your favorite tight end <laughs> so uh, the 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 easy the easy answer uh I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid and I'm gonna go with Isaiah Likely just because I know every everybody is gonna he's he's fast coastal Carolina uh fast runs tight end routes like a wide receiver and and tested out big enough fast enough that I'm interested in him as a as a tight end. And and so, especially fantasy production wise, that that's that's going to be the type of player I gravitate towards is a a an athletic uh, tight end who can who can make plays uh, as a receiver. So, Kane, how about you? Pick one tight end. Oh man! Um, and remember that Jalen Weidermeyer's pro day is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Before recording this, no, I still like Weidermeyer. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna go with with. Jelani Woods. I mean, I think we could talk about Jelani Woods to get a six seven. You totally just took the one guy Nelly wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I thought I could leave him Daniel Bellinger and it'd be fine. So it's all good. Uh I mean six seven, two fifty-three to run a four six one. I mean, Isaiah likely at, at you know two forty-five and five inches shorter ran a four eight. So like Jelani Woods has the athletic profile. He was a blocker. Um at Oklahoma state. And then Virginia just said, go jump and catch passes, big man. And, you know, he had a year of receiving production. The old, my own, literally my only hang up is like, why was he not invited to the senior bowl? That's my only hang up with him is, is why was he behind like 10 tight ends to go to the senior bowl? If he would have been at the senior bowl, I think he probably is a top three tight end for me in this class right now. Uh, and that's my only hang up. And, and I hope the draft capital just proves Nagy wrong and Johnny Woods is a stud. <laughs> Nelly, tight end. Uh, well, not Jelani Woods now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Nelly. No, it's all right. You, I don't really like anyone at cost because no one really tested to be an elite athlete other than like Jelani Woods. But a guy who didn't test and is getting relative hype is Kate Otten from Washington. 
Um, I think he could go day two, and um, I'll take a chance on a guy I don't know how they test versus a guy who didn't test that well. One thing we've got to do on every podcast is Shane has to teach me something. Uh, so, Shane, you have one minute to teach me something. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, I um, I, I, I kind of I was like the the gold rush, right? We have the San Francisco 49ers based off the eighteen forty nine gold rush, and Kane, if you were if you were alive at that time, how how would you have made a ton of money during the gold rush? I could see you, you know, you're an outdoorsman selling booze. So, so I, I feel like selling booze may have worked. Uh, one of my favorites is a guy. Sorry, named my favorite Sandy. time is is still like prohibition. I can't get that out of my head, and I don't know where that fits in this timeline. To be honest, so this this is this is before prohibition. So how many years people could buy booze? Um, it it was what seventy years. So right. so relatively close. In the whole grand scheme of things, grand scheme of Earth, yeah, that's fair. Uh, American history, you know, it's, it's good. My my favorite story is um, Sam Brandon, who, you know, instead of going out and mining for gold, which is what most people try to do to get rich, he set up uh, a shop and sold all the equipment that people would need to get the gold to mine the gold. Uh, and he made upwards of, in today's money, about $150,000 a day just selling equipment instead of actually trying to do that. So I, I feel like it's a life lesson. He became California's first millionaire ever by selling shovels during the gold rush. So maybe don't go for the the hot, you know, don't don't make your own NFT here, but find a way to, to give people to uh, buy something to get them to do it. And you'll make a lot more money. That's fair. I like that. <laughs> That's something I could do. I, I feel like you you would you would you're ingenuous enough to do that. That's that's fair. Um, so let, let's get into this, the the last part of our show. All of our podcasts, we have to talk about a buy, a sell, an unknown stock. So Shane, that's you first. If we're just let you, are you just keeping it to rookies, or are you dive? Are you gonna? Are you going to dive into Debbie on this podcast as well? No, you know, I'll, I'll stick to rookies. Um, yeah, I think if, if I look at a buy, I'll actually go tight end. Because uh, I, th- I think one guy who had a little bit of hype and then it kind of fell off after the combine and um, is Greg Dulcich, the tight end from UCLA. I think he's another one we didn't talk about who I think is an intriguing buy, especially in C2Cs. You might have a team that had him as a college fantasy producer. You might be able to get him. I think he could actually be a day two pick and end up with, you know, decent capital. When you look at the tight ends, um, you might be able to trade, you know, one of the guys that we talked about for Dulcich plus, I think could be worthwhile. Um, my cell is um, Jerome Ford. I think like, I like him. I just don't know where he's going to get drafted. I, I just don't know where that's going to come. Maybe surprises, some team takes him day three, Keyshawn Vaughn style. But I, I, I think I think either he's going to be overdrafted or he's not going to have enough draft capital. And I think there's enough people that like him and might be able to sell him. And then my unknown, you know, when, when we talked about special teams before, um, my, my brain is more on the, the coverage side of special teams. Uh, I think there are guys that played special teams. Once again, C2C might be on a roster 
Bellis Jones Jr. from Tennessee, Bo Melton from Rutgers, who are probably going to go round three, early round four, before some of the guys that we talked about. And both are high-end athletes, really good coverage guys in on special teams, and I think could actually play themselves into a role in the NFL. So, you know, I, I think it might be worth taking a look at, keeping an eye out for those players as maybe some other later round picks that could pay off. So when you say people that play coverage on special teams, what like what does that look like? I don't watch those plays. So you, you just you just turn it off. I just want people to score the tutties. Look, but but if if you you can make that team and maybe the wide receiver four and uh, run down the field on those punt returns and that that's how you get drafted higher and get that draft capital that correlates into fantasy success. That's fair, Nelly. Who are your guys here? Yeah, so um, I am buying Keontae Ingram, running back out of USC. It seems like I may have taken Zach's guy, um, which is a good sign because that means that film and analytics have uh, merged together. No, he's he's got great size. He's uh, He's got a good receiving profile, and he's the type of guy that goes day three and is an injury away from being relevant, that sort of thing. Um, so – that's the type of guy that I, I like to look for in the fourth round of drafts. And I think that's where you'll be able to get them. Um, I'm going to move away from rookies for my sell because I'm very passionate about this. I think people need to be selling to a tag right now. I have no idea why he's still going in the fourth round of startups. He has no ceiling and he has a, a very low floor and, and he's, he's cheap because he's young and um, was a high pick, but I, I am, beyond ready to move off of him and i would advise that to others as well um my unknown stock um we talked about it earlier i i really don't know what to do with wandale robinson just because being short is such a small sample size of guys and when i have a small sample size as a numbers guy i just kind of I don't know how to function. I need I need uh, sample size in the past to make decisions on the future, and we just don't have that with with someone as short as him. Yep, that's fair. He is short. <laughs> uh, Zach, how about you? So I, I was I was going to go Keontae Ingram, uh, but I, I'll I'll pivot, I guess, and and say sincere McCormick, since since nobody's talked about him yet, will be my buy. I think people are still a little bit low on him uh, and, and you may be able to get him a little bit later. I think again, he, he profiles as a guy who's not going to come in and start, but has a chance to, to end up with some work myself. And I'm going to keep going after this because everybody seems to love him is Drake London. And, and he's, he's my wide receiver five, but I think everybody is a little bit higher on him than I am. He's like a tentative wide receiver five. And a lot of what I see from him reminds me, and maybe it's because I've been hurt, but it reminds me of players in the past that we've gotten really excited about who uh, people use the term late separation. It's not late separation. He's vertical separation. So he's going to need a quarterback who is willing to throw him open. So he's my sell, even at my wide receiver five. And my unknown is the Quandre white. Like he's 
just like plays like his hair's on fire all the time. Didn't get much run at South Carolina, but is really, really interesting. Um, he, he, he is good in the passing game, even though he didn't have a 20 catch season. He's just, it's, he's interesting. So he's my unknown. That's fair. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with my buy first. That's Rashad White. Um, I I think if we're looking at right a, a guy that can be a complete difference maker for a team and and that can do that with let's say 70, 75 targets and a hundred to hundred twenty five carries. Rashad White can be that difference maker for for a fantasy football team. He can be that difference maker for an NFL team, right? He doesn't have to be the bruising running back, right? He, you no longer to be that top 24 running back. You no longer have to be that guy. That's going to have 20 receptions or 25 targets even and 300 carries. Like it just doesn't have to happen anymore. That that's not the way that fantasy football kind of operates anymore. We don't have many of those guys. Um, So he's my buy because I think he's just so much more talented than, than, some of these people that that are kind of going above him like i would rather take him than quite a few of these wide receivers i don't know if i would take three wide receivers over him at this point um and hopefully draft capital matches up with that so i can continue to to talk about this um a guy that i'm selling um like this is a toughie um, but I'm, I'm selling any aged running back if I'm not competing. Like, I'll just take the easy answer. Like, if I know I'm not competing, I will do anything in my power to trade CMC or mix in plus a little bit for Brees Hall. Right? And get myself into a top two pick so I can take Brees Hall. Right? Because realistically, in... A year and a half, could Brees Hall be over these guys in value, these CMCs, the Dalvin Cook, the Joe Mixon, the Austin Eckler? Yeah, he very much could. Um, so I'm going to take that chance now because his value is relatively insulated, Brees Hall's is, at this point. Uh, look at Javante Williams. His value is close to insulated, even though he was splitting carries with someone else because we had hope that the other guy wouldn't resign with with Denver, right? Like, that's absolutely wild. Um, a, a guy that I'm just, my unknown guy, um, and we've talked about him quite a bit, but that's Carson Strong, right? And, and the reason why is, like, now we're also getting these reports. It wasn't just about the knee. Um, I think the knee's an issue. Um, osteochondritis desiccans lesion is a serious issue when it comes to someone's leg. Um but you add in the fact that, like, all of a sudden he can't understand an offense, right? It was on tape that he couldn't look off a safety, but now it's like in the on the whiteboard, he can't fully dissect a, a team's defense with what an offense should do. Like, that's a pretty big red flag. Um, not to mention that he has what Nelly negative 300 rushing yards for his career in college yeah i think he just lost another 50 as you were saying that <laughs> so he's at negative 350 
Um, so, I, like, I so, but here's the deal, right? I feel like Carson Strong has almost slid too far past. Um, like, I, I did a mock draft with with some guys the other day, and that Carson Strong, I drafted him at the three oh nine. Like, if Carson Strong gets day two capital, he should probably be a late second round pick. Right? We we just went over all of this last year. That one quarterback drafted day two was going to end up being a starter at some point, right? And it's Davis Mills. Who knew it was Davis Mills? I don't know. He had a relatively clear path um, with Deshaun Watson not being able to use a towel properly. But, you, you know, like someone out of these day two guys is going to end up starting a football game, Right. And so if Carson Strong ends up being that guy, you double, triple, quadruple your value, something like that, because you can sell him for a first-round pick. And that's worth it to me. Um, at that, at that, Especially if I'm getting him to 309, that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, absolutely wild. Anyone thoughts before we close this out? No thoughts. I'm All right. good. I'm good. Zach, we just want to thank you so much yeah, for hopping thanks, on the Zach. podcast. Feel free to take this opportunity to kind of plug all the things that you do and where people can find you. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I am at the Dynasty Dummies podcast on the DFPN network, the only network in town. And that's where you can find all of my stuff. But it's really not about me. It's all about the other guys at the network. And those are the guys you should be following. Uh, Sal, Kevin, and Steve. Kyle, Matt Foreman, Jay Mike, and, and Russ Fisher. Those are the guys who make it all happen. And at FF Trader Joe, if you ever see me tweet out anything that makes me look funny, smart, anything positive, it's probably Joe behind it. So uh, so that's that's where I'm at. And those are those are the guys that I uh, I roll with. It's uh it's it's a family over there at the uh, at the DFPN. That's awesome to hear. And make sure you uh, follow our good friend Zach at Tacit Assassin 13 on Twitter. And from all of us here at the Debbie Marketplace, thank you so much for listening. And we appreciate every single one of you.